ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast. Sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion. Pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. All right, so I want to sit down and do this. Um, I've been hot and heavy on on looking for uh, representation in Colorado and, and, and something that I can stand behind locally. Um, and and everything that I've seen thus far, CBA or Colorado Buff Hunters Association aligns. Um, so we're here at Mountain Archery Fest, Purgatory. Um, and what what better setting could we talk about Colorado and protecting our rights as as hunters, as archery hunters, uh, than this setting, man. <laughs> so introduce yourself, um, talk a little bit about your role with CBA, and then we'll just go from there. Sure. Um, so I'm Brian Chapman. I'm the Southwest Region Director for the CBA. Um, been in this role for about a year. Um, kind of came to this role out of necessity, right? <laughs> like, um, like Guy just said, I think there's a real need for us to step up to the plate, especially right now, this current climate, um, and represent bow hunters specifically in the state of Colorado. Um, I think for a number of years, uh, bow hunting, archery um, has been under attack. I think especially in Colorado, um, you've got... Um, so I'm kind of filling in this role that really, you know, in the past, um, since 1969, so many great guys have stepped into these shoes, you know, um, and stepped up to the plate and hit a lot of, hit a lot of home runs. Um, and I think, um, kind of me taking on this role came out of like i said necessity but at the same time it came out of um a desire to serve 
basically, um, and and just a desire to see people get involved, um, get involved in both legislation, get involved in um, conservation efforts. Um, we're really big into that sort of thing. So what? Why is that so important to you, right? You said, you know, that to be as a service, right? And that's to our community, to our demographic. But what did you see that that said, hey, I need to step up to the plate and try and do my level best to fill some shoes? Um, what was the driver there for you personally? What did you see and what triggered it? So I think that's kind of twofold. Um, first, I'm, I'm friends with uh, John Gardner. He's with Pope and Young. Um, and he is on the board of directors for Pope and Young. He went to the CBA banquet last year, um, was talking to, uh, Craig Kimball at the banquet and Craig was like, Hey, we need a Southwest director. We haven't had one for like three years. Um, and, um, kind of backing up, um, John, you know, I've been friends with him for a number of years, um, and kind of talking to him and seeing what the CBA is and, and, and who they're trying to represent and what they're trying to do. Um, I saw that as an opportunity <clears throat> for me to get the message out to other bow hunters that, you know, now's the time for us to kind of fight back. You know, um, we've got the wolf introduction that just happened, um, which, I don't think anybody really agrees with the way that that was pushed through. Um, but you, you have this climate where people really don't have an understanding of who we are and what we're all about. So John asked me if I would take this role on, um, and kind of, kind of watching him interact with, archery with bull hunters with Pope and young and seeing that um, there are organizations like this that really are our voice you know as bow hunters in the state I think it's very important for us to make sure that we're continuing on the work that he started you know John's in his 60s um, the the CBA was started back in 69. Um, and I talked to one of actually one of the founding uh, members, members of the CBA, Marv Klinky, um, just a legend, like all these legends that I, that I get to hang out with and talk to and, and learn from, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, they want to pass that on and who's going to step up to the plate. Who's going to take that torch and continue on with it, you know? So I was like, you know, here I am. Let's let's, let's go. It. You know that. I don't want to say rare breed, but I'm going to right because we, as a demographic, not just in archery, we we are a, a bit, quite a bit apathetic, um, for the most part. We're very reactionary to things, and we are ready to react when things are so far gone that they probably won't have any effect, no matter what we do. Right, so. Talk about, and, and thank you for stepping up and seeing the need sure. to step up, right? But talk about the need for advocacy prior to the reactionary phase. Caveat to that is, sometimes we don't know, 
because it's being pushed through and it's under the cover mm-hmm. and there's some language there that we may be missing. Um, but talk about that. Or, that or there's no language at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> right. So talk about the importance in advocacy early on and stepping up to the plate and, and being active, active enough to where you have the wherewithal through the processes. Right. And, oh, man. So I want you to answer that. And I'm just going to say it again. What, what hurts me is is that is our apathy. You know, at large, I think that's that's kind of our downfall when you look around, man. It's a bit it's a bit scary. Yeah. You know, and we were kind of chatting about that yesterday. I think apathy and complacency kind of go hand in hand with our demographic. Yes, sir. Um, We we take this for granted. Um, I think as a whole, and I mean, that's a generalization, mm-hmm. so I don't want, I don't broad like stroking. generalizing right. folks, but we're broad stroking, <laughs> but at the same time, um, you take for granted that, Hey, I've been able to hunt and I've been able to hunt on public land for all these years and nobody's going to ever take it. Well, they're trying, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're trying on a daily. Um, we, so back to your point, well, I'm going to tell a story. So when I first moved here, I moved here from Georgia 13 years ago. Um, there's not very much public land in Georgia and the, the little bit of public land gets overhunted and overused and, you know, whatever. So it's just not very good hunting on public land. These very, very small tracts of public land. So you basically, if you want to hunt in Georgia, you have to know someone Mm -hmm. that owns acreage and has animals and, you know, whatever. And I was fortunate enough to know a guy back in Georgia that owned 2,000 acres, which is a lot of acreage in Georgia. Um, and I was able to hunt, and I grew up hunting and, and all that. Well, I moved out here, fast forward, 13 years ago. I went through the entire valley in Durango, Colorado, and asked all these ranchers if I could hunt their ranch. Yeah. Because I didn't know there was public land. I went to this old rancher's house knocked on his door tried to be very polite and you know all of that i'm talking to him and he says well why don't you just hunt up there and he points to the mountain across the road and i'm like well who owns that and he says you do and i said what (laughs) (laughs) just like totally ignorant you know to the fact that like there's these large tracts of public land in the west you know um and so I start researching like, okay, well, what public land can you hunt on? What, you know, what, what types of access do we actually have and all that stuff? And then, you know, I start getting a feel for um, the fact that, oh yeah, I do have all this land that basically belongs to me. And that's kind of um, keep public lands public is one of those themes that you hear with BHA, mm-hmm. but it really should be just like, hunting wide you know it should be the attitude that all of us have like no this is mine and you're not taking it like i'm sorry but what right do you have to tell me that i can't partake of this land Mm -hmm. but they're trying you know you you have groups like wild earth guardians that you know they donate millions and millions of dollars they they actually tried to stop um legislation in court because well they tried to stop cpw from doing a study on predation from mountain lions right well nobody knows that 
Like it's, it's just not public knowledge. So an organization like the CBA can step up to the plate and, and make it public knowledge. You know, and if we have more members and more numbers and more people standing behind, then we have more power to say, to go to the commission, to go to our legislators and say, no, we do, we do not want you to thwart our opportunities, to thwart our, um, what we're trying to be, you know, and it really, I mean, that kind of sums it up in a nutshell. It's like, um, this is, this is who we are. This is, this is not, you're, you're not trying to take like, you know, a hobby from me. You're trying to take my identity. Right. I am an archer. Like you're not going to take that, you know? Um, and I think that's, especially right now, I think the entire board for the CBA just has that mentality. Like, okay, you know, we can't be complacent anymore to your point. We cannot be apathetic. We cannot be reactionary. Um, you take recent, um, the legislation they were trying to pass to ban mountain lion and bobcat hunting, you know, uh, we, we were the first ones that were like, uh, uh, nope, this, this needs to be paid attention to. Um, we've got, uh, Joey Brown as our legislative liaison. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, Wes Mendez, um, actually, um, goes to the Capitol and he, and he kind of keeps an ear to the ground on all these issues. And then he brings it to the board and he's like, okay, what do we do? You know, to your point of not being reactionary, right. you know, uh, we, we stepped up, we went to the commission like right away and we were like, no, you know, um, on the Hunter orange thing, we went to the commission and we said, no, this is why we don't want to wear Hunter orange. This is why we should not wear Hunter orange in archery season. Um, we were the first ones on that man wagon. Um, we went to, um, the legislative meeting for the mountain lion issue, got it stopped in committee, you know, um, one of the biggest things too, right now is we got hunters education back in school. That's, and that, that like, was phenomenal. Totally proud of that. Yeah, right. That's huge. More, more so. And I, and I told someone else this more so not just because we're going to get more hunters in the field and we're going to get more of that, you know, but because if it's in public school, what if someone's just curious about what hunting is, Yes, sir. you know, and, and, and that kid that's 12 years old, he's like, Oh, you know, I think I really, I really want to hunt. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a, I have a friend that I go to church with, um, Austin and his son, he never hunted, never hunted. And his son heard about hunting from a friend and he's like, I want to get into hunting, bow hunting specifically. He was up here yesterday shooting fest, okay. you know, and, uh, you know, he's 12 years old. Austin's talking to me. He's like, what do I do? What, how do I get started in this? And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm happy to tell you, yeah. you know, yep. this is great. And we've got to get more of that. Um, so that even, even kids that are curious about it, Maybe they don't get into hunting, but maybe if they're educated about what hunting is and about what we're doing and about population control 
and understanding the entire aspect we've created an advocate right right they don't necessarily have to be a hunter yeah but we've created an advocate yep. for our way of life yeah um, exactly so so legislative is one thing but you know as as I move around Colorado and I go to a range and I see a CBA sticker, right? This archery range was made, you know, possible by. That's another big deal, right? Is is putting opportunity. South Canyon Archery Range is a perfect example or prime example in my head, right off a of, right off the 70 there. Yep. Back to the back to the Colorado River. Yeah. Right. It's it's you know, it can be a 60-yard range, but it's a 50-yard range. Yeah. Um, depends on the crowd. There. I didn't say that though. Um, but Back that's up a, just a little bit. Yeah. But that's a, but, but those are important as well. Right. Um, cause it sparks an interest. I was, I was there, um, last week and, you know, mountain biking and the Springs are there and I have people come up and they'll, they'll talk to me, you know, and ask about it. And, and you wouldn't have that conversation if it wasn't for things like that. What else does CBA do across the state? Um, that that's outside of the halls uh, of our congressional buildings um, that promote archery, that promote our way of life. So CBA is really big for, I mean, first on the education piece, right? Um, educating non-hunters. Non-hunters are, are the biggest population in the country. Um, people people don't get that you know just because someone's a non-hunter doesn't make them an anti-hunter right so we really have to educate those individuals on why we're hunting and why archery is important um and also kind of advocate for um conservation projects across the state um that's that's the big thing is um there's such large tracts of public land in this state specifically that we really want to do boots on the ground conservation. And in the past, you know, we've, we've um, been involved in conservation projects and whatnot, but we really haven't like been there, been boots on the ground um, down here. We're, we're going to get ready to do a fence removal project. Um, the HPP committee down here, um, Habitat Partnership Plan Committee, I believe is what that stands for. Um, they have a fence removal project that's happening um, on national forests in the San Juan National Forest. So we're, we're trying to get more involved in that stuff. But the education piece, I think, is, is probably the biggest piece, especially for the non-hunting public, um, because they really need to have a better understanding Especially when you have people that are getting issues on ballots that right. now these uneducated individuals are voting. Oh, yeah, wolves are cool mm -hmm. animals. I want wolves. With no understanding you know, of the other side. And they have no right. scientific basis for that decision. Right. It's like. Um, but that's how they win the game, right? Is, is, it, is those groups make everything emotional. It's mm -hmm. an emotional response. Yep. Um, and that's how that's across the nation that's how they have been the winner in this battle for yep. decades now yep right and we've been we've been holding on by the skin of our teeth because of that yep yep well and and that's the thing to your point you know that 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 strategy has worked for them in the past so they're going to keep using that strategy so 
it's predictable. So if it is predictable and we can sit back and say, hey, let's stop this before it gets too far, right. before it gets any momentum behind it, that's, that's kind of the big thing. Mm -hmm. The other big thing that the CBA currently, you know, it's kind of getting more involved in is this Sportsman's Alliance. You know, getting other organizations on the same bandwidth. Let's let's all work together instead of against each other. Yes, sir. That's the other thing is, you know, as archery hunters, I don't I don't want to see another guy in my spot. Like I don't. I, but at the same time, you need other archery hunters to have a bigger voice to be able to. Um, combat any of this misinformation that's going on in the state yep. um, as far as hunting goes. Um, and so I, I think that it, you know, the CBA now is more on board with, Hey, let's, let's get like how for wildlife, how for wildlife was instrumental for the CBA getting that hunter orange survey out there and getting it out quick. I mean, so, they have that stuff down pat. So you mentioned two orgs that, that I support wholeheartedly, right? Hal and, and SA Sportsman's Alliance. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with a caveat there, right? Well, Hal, I'm biased. Uh, I know Charles, I know John, so I'm a, I'm a bit biased. And theirs, theirs is just, I shouldn't say just, that sounds horrible that the action that we're able to take because of the platform they created has been something that we needed for umpteen years, right? Yep. So phenomenal. And and to see Hal step up, come to Colorado, meet outside the halls, yep. and that action, that dude, that was like, it was remarkable, yep. right? And, then, and this is something, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but this is, they are crossing state lines. We're, yep. we're all able to band together as one group and cross those state lines and take these actions. Man, I, I commend those guys every chance I get. I'll walk around and ask people if they've ever heard about them, mm -hmm. right? I know exactly what they're about. Sportsman's Alliance, I've had Brian Lynn on the podcast. We've talked. I support Sportsman's Alliance. Uh, and they're another great organization. Um, you know, it, one thing I want to say is, right, we're talking about this and, and, and these groups align with my value set, right? Yep. Uh, and that's important. Uh, I'm rabbit holing us. I always do that crap. Um, <laughs> but it, it aligns with my value set 90%, we'll say, right? Yeah. Uh, generally speaking. And that's why I was excited to see you guys here and talk to you. But we'll go down that rabbit hole. So yeah. I apologize. Continue. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're fine. I like rabbit holes. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's the big thing is, is getting everyone together. Um, and that's a big thing with CBA, too. You know, and we say, okay, well, join the CBA, join the CBA. Well, you know, why? Why do you join the CBA? Well, because if you want bow hunting to continue, if you want crossbows out of your archery season, let's say, right? Crossbows aren't bad. I'm not, I'm not saying crossbows are bad. They have a place. It's out of our archery season. We're going to talk about that part of it, too. Yeah. Okay. It's, not, it's not a bow, right? So, anyways, we don't we don't need to go down that We're trail. We're gonna go down yet. that trail in a bit. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, it's important to me that people understand that the CBA is only as strong as its membership. You know, we we're representing bow hunters, and to represent bow hunters, we need bow hunters, right? Like, 
like we have to be a, a, a strong voice and that means numbers that means people getting involved and i understand and i've said this before i understand not everybody can take a regional role on you know mm-hmm. i got four kids <laughs> like it's tough it's important to, to do this regional role right but where are your values mm-hmm. where 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 is your heart at you know do you want to um, see it continue truly and I, man and I, and i mentioned it before you know you got all these great guys that just really stepped up to the plate you know 1969 it was actually the ranchers that were against bow hunting so 1969 the reason cba got started is because and marv told me this um it's because ranchers thought the bow hunters were pushing the elk onto their ranches Mm -hmm. and they were losing um feed Mm -hmm. for their for their livestock or hay if they were a hay rancher right so you know it was just back then they were like no that's not that's not what's going on and they had to educate them about what was going on that was a natural migration blah 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 right so those guys stepped up to the plate when there was nothing i mean there was no organization that was really supporting bull hunting in colorado so they stepped up to the plate they created the cba and then you got people like john gardner that stepped up to the plate later on and marv was a mentor for john and john's a mentor for me and then hopefully one day i'll be a mentor for the next guy you know and we can keep that momentum going into the future because we have to because if in 1969 you know we we were fighting misinformation and if in 2022 we're fighting misinformation Mm -hmm. you can bet we're going to be fighting misinformation forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Um, and, and maybe it's not misinformation. Maybe it's uneducated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, that could have a, have a big impact on it. You, going back to my story, you know, when I moved here, I was completely ignorant to the fact and ignorance, a terrible word, but you know, right. uneducated, I'll use your word um, about public land. That's crazy. You know, I mean, I, it's just nuts to me. Who's that that mountain over there? Like, what? You know what? So, so one of the things about Colorado, right, is, is, and and for years I've been a non-resident Colorado hunter, right? I, I killed that recently. Um, It's Colorado Bow Hunters Association, but I think the membership needs to grow. If you are coming and you're hunting this state in archery season, yep. be it for elk, be it for deer, whatever that pursuit is, I think folks out of Colorado should be stepping up to the yep. plate yep. and understanding what CBA is doing for their ability to come to this state and hunt with archery. Equipment, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and looking at it since, you know, since I live here now, I feel, I feel like I failed to a point. Right, because here I am. I'm chasing animals with my bow, and when I move here, now I'm researching CBA. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 I had to check myself on that. I'm like, dude, that was that was the wrong call. You know, that was the wrong. I I should have already been a member. Absolutely. So I would I would strongly suggest anybody that's listening, if you are a non-resident hunter and you're primarily chasing in Colorado because of the OTC opportunity. You know, sign up and get the membership for CBA if it aligns with your values. If you value, you know, your opportunity here as a non-resident hunter, I, I think it's hugely important. 
And uh, man, what a realization I had. I was, and dude, I was at South Canyon mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the thing and I go, damn, why haven't I done this? Like, it doesn't make sense. Sportsman's Alliance, how, you know yep. what I mean? Hope and Young, yep. I'm a member, yep. right? But here I am hunting this state almost every single year for yep. elk and, and never stepped up to the plate. Yep. And I was just like, fool. Yeah. You're a fool. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the, I mean, Joe and I were talking from Elk Bros. We were talking yesterday. Um, and um, that's the thing is we get so many non-residents because he's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. He says Colorado should be your plan B, right? You can't, you, you put in for Wyoming, let's say. You put in for Utah, let's say. Well, Colorado's your plan B because we have OTC tags. Mm-hmm. So, so many people... You know, and I said at the banquet this year, um, a guy asked at our roundtable meeting, he said, well, what, what's your goal for membership? And I turned to Henry Ferguson, our chairman, and I was like, how many, how many tags, how many archery tags were sold in the state? 76,000. Our goal is 76,000. That's it. It's like, you know, if you, if you pick up a bow and you come to our state and you hunt, we're representing you. And we're glad yes. to do that. Yep. But we need you. We need the numbers. We need these people to say, hey, you know, 35 bucks. Here's your $35. Please represent me. Please go to the commission. Please, you know, we can do that, you know, but we need the voices behind us. We need the names behind us. I mean, take Hal, for instance. He does cross state lines and he gets multiple. I mean, he gets thousands and thousands of signatures on these issues from every state. Even though it like the Washington Bear thing, mm-hmm. he got he got signatures from across the country. Yes, sir. You know, and that's what we need as well is is those people that are gonna hunt in Colorado. Great, I I want you to come here. I I'm I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh no, stay home. You know, I don't want you to I don't mm-hmm. want you to hunt here. No, man, I moved here from Georgia just to hunt elk. Like that, that was was my only goal. Like I packed everything in my truck. (laughs) I was like, I was talking to my Bowtech back home in Georgia and he's like, Oh yeah, I hunted at a place called Purgatory Mountain Resort where we're sitting right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I could go try it out. You know, packed everything in my truck and just moved here. I was like, I want to kill an elk real bad. I've killed 13 in 13 years. (laughs) So I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, that's solid. (laughs) But it's like, um, I shame on me too. You know, mm-hmm. I never, I never joined the CBA. I never looked at any of these organizations, um, because again, I'm ignorant to the fact that there's so much public land. I'm, I wasn't. I'm, I and well, and I'm complacent to to your original point. Yeah, I was gonna say I was I was apathetic in it and complacent in it and not considering my boot prints are being left on the mountain that I should be contributing back to something that's fighting for that boot print. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it is and shame on me. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Right. I mean, that, that's when we're going to realize it. I think that advocacy across the board and that's the plus with all this now. And, and the way this is turning is now a guy in Virginia can be an advocate for me and I can be an advocate for him. Yep. Right. And, and, and I've filled out some and I've got responses Well, you're not a resident. You know what I mean? We're taking, you know, thank you for your, thank you for your submission or your letter. Um, but we're looking for people in this district, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But at least they know the voice is there. Yeah. Right. And that's what a lot of people I've heard. Well, you know, it's not going to matter because I don't live in Washington. Well, when you, 
when they see that many people backing it, it's going to open their eyes to it. And, and yep. I believe it was here at, in, in the Capitol uh, at the last rally um, where our representatives were saying we had no idea. Can you, you know, asking, yep. asking John and, and Charles, well, can you send us this information? Like we had no idea. Yeah. And, and how powerful is that, that we're advocating for each other? Mm -hmm. um, it's huge. So, okay. So with this, okay. So as I'm, I got to make sure my value sets align. And, and one of the things that, and I'm just going to be honest about it and it's, and it's not a bad thing. And I think we need to be honest with you, with each other is when you read the CBA mission statement. And I, I'm sure that I'm not the only one. When you get to the last paragraph, it talks about crossbows, which you brought up. Yes. And and the pickle that I was in is because I want to advocate for muzzle loaders, for trappers, for archery, for rifle, whatever it is. I want to be an advocate to our demographic at large. Sure. When I read the last paragraph, I, I got to admit that was one of the holdups I had about getting the membership as much as I know I should. And I see the good that CBA is doing. Mm -hmm. And it talks about crossbows and basically like, hey, it doesn't belong in archery season. I get it, mm -hmm. right? My problem was, should we be saying that out loud and showing that there's a line in the sand amongst our demographic at large, or should we be sitting at the round table, which I'm sure we are, having that discussion and figuring out how to advocate for that without saying we are against this 110%, hey, forget it. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd like to hear that response if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. If you want clarity, let me know. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and again, I get it. I'm not saying that they belong in archery season, but I'm also not saying that there's circumstance that don't warrant their archery season you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting piece in the mission statement. Yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned that CVA is one of the sponsors for math this mm -hmm. year. You know, they're a muzzle loader. Like, what are they doing? You know, I've I've had a got few guys. They're like, what's CVA sponsoring an archery event for? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, even though we've let them in and we've embraced that, like, dude, you want to hunt with a muzzler? Cool. That's awesome. I rifle hunt sometimes. That's cool. That's awesome, but it has its place, right? So like in the competition yesterday, there were no crossbows. There's no crossbow division. Does that mean that you shouldn't shoot a crossbow? Does that mean that you shouldn't hunt with a crossbow? Absolutely not. If that's your weapon of choice, cool. Embrace that. I'm just glad that you're out here. I'm glad you're putting your boot print on the mountain, right? Right. But it has its place. Um, and it, it doesn't belong in the archery season because it's really not a handheld bow mm -hmm. so even when you go back and you look at the cpw regulations it has to be a handheld bow and the reason behind that is you know as as bows advance even bows you know i mean you think about 20 years ago nobody would have took a shot over 50 yards oh dude i get guff, i get guff now because i'll talk about not worrying about a shot past 40 yeah now yeah right with the yeah. equipment that we have and there's some of those old timers that are like what are you doing yeah. like yeah. oh my gosh you you shouldn't shoot past 35 mm -hmm. and it's like 35 man <laughs> i passed 35 years ago <laughs> like what are you talking about you know but a crossbow what's the effective range on a crossbow are you are you holding that 
string? Are you, is it actually a bow? And it's not really. I mean, it's designed to shoot a bolt. It doesn't even shoot an arrow, you know? Um, so that's one thing. You can put a scope on it. You can in Colorado, but you can put a scope on it in other states. Um, and you're pulling a trigger just like a rifle. You can set it down. You don't, you know, it's it's not a bow and arrow. So so when you when you go back to like primitive weapons, um, and you just kind of look at that scope and you look at even even muzzle loaders, how how they have advanced. You know, I mean you can shoot 250, 300 yards with a muzzle loader now. That's nuts. You know, in Colorado, you can't have a scope on a muzzle loader. I really appreciate that, you know, because if you want to put a scope on something, put it on a rifle, hunt in a rifle season. So what I'm saying is maybe it's written in such a way that it reads like, oh, we don't like crossbows. I don't care if you shoot a crossbow. I don't think anybody on the board for the CBA cares if you shoot a crossbow, but it has its place. Just like um, rifle season um, has rifle seasons. You know, and muzzle loader has archery muzzle loader season, <laughs> right? It's like it's like these muzzle loaders are in the middle oh, of our season. Dude. They're in the middle of the rut. They're in the best time. You know, so you get a lot of guff about that. You but, know, okay. I we're, we're gonna dive down this rabbit hole real quick. Uh, sweet. I would I would advocate <laughs> for the crossbow in that nine or eight day eight or nine day season mm-hmm. than that muzzle loader the things i saw last year hunting where i hunted with muzzle loader in archery season i i uh, changed the mission statement to stay at archery season or something <laughs> it was it was scary at, at, at a couple points yes. it was it was honestly scary we're cautious um my wife was with me um she's in orange um man oh man like yeah. you want to talk about give them give them that that last bit of september into october there that week off you know that week break I, it was just something that so something that the cba and we and we've discussed this at a couple of board meetings um something the cba is real big on is this quiet time this quote unquote quiet time um, historically that was allowed for ranchers to remove their cattle from grazing allotments. Right. So you have this, this period between the end of archery and first rifle that you legitimately could have a season. So we really, I mean, if we're going to move the muzzleloaders out of archery season, give them that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then you get into this other discussion of, well, you're going to lose the last week of the season and the last week of the season is the best part of the season and, and all of that stuff. So it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. and there's a lot of give and take, but I'm with you. Like get, get the muzzle loaders out of archery season. Because if you're, if you're saying that crossbows can't be an archery season, muzzle loaders really shouldn't be an archery I mean, season yeah. either. Um, but there's a little different nuance there in that crossbows aren't, a bow so they shoot a different projectile Mm -hmm. right so and they hold that projectile they hold the energy themselves you know it's a mechanical device basically which 
you got trad guys saying a compound bow is a mechanical <laughs> device too. So um, it's so, a slippery so, slope. So it's a slippery yeah. slope. You know, I mean, you're you're always going to have some portion mm-hmm. that says, "Well, no, you're wrong," because blah blah blah. You know, X Y Z. And everybody wants their moment in time, and it's always the prime time. Everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure every rifle hunter would love to have a rifle during the rut. Mm-hmm. I hunted 76 last year. Last year. And I was like, man, if I was holding a rifle, that, that bull would be, be dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I love chasing them with a stick and a string. And I, everybody wants to hear them ripping off bugles left mm-hmm. and right. And, and that excitement and that adrenaline rush. And it, I mean, it's what we live for. I mean, that's, that, that's what we wait for 330 days out of the year, yes, you sir. know. Um, but at the same time, you you have to realize like certain things have their place and there's some scientific reasons for that Mm -hmm. you know if you have rifles during the rut how many bulls are going to actually procreate right right? how how many bulls are going to breed those cows and and then how how is that going to perpetuate that herd Mm -hmm. they're not you gotta you got such a higher percentage success rate with a rifle and I would argue with a crossbow, you know, you're extending that effective range. You're making it way less difficult on yourself because it just gives you that much more mechanical advantage. Right. Just like a muzzleloader, like you're saying, to your point, hey, I don't think muzzleloaders belong in the season either. I, like, I, I want them out of the season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I... That, okay, slippery slopes. Yeah. I don't know that I don't... I, I definitely don't want to hunt around them again the best I can, right? That means go deeper and steeper, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. It For me, it was what I saw was more of a safety deal than just about anything else. Um, when you're commingling, and I hate to even bring this up, God. When you're, when you're commingling hunter orange with no hunter orange in the same area, it, it gets a little scary, man. It was... Uh, I mean, we had the guy, the gentleman in Dolores um, that was killed last year in Dolores County. So, so here's the deal with that. And the, and the CBA standpoint on that. The reason that we fought Hunter Orange in archery season so hard is because it's already difficult to kill with a bow, mm-hmm. right? And Hunter Orange is a Band-Aid. That, that gentleman that unfortunately shot that guy and killed him. He, he aimed because he saw a brown object. He did not identify his target. There it is right there. He didn't, yep. not at all. I know. Not at all. So if this guy was wearing orange, what happens the next time when a muzzleloader just shoots at a rustle in the bushes? Mm-hmm. Like he, he's not identifying his target at all, right? What happens when that, uh, muzzleloader hunter is colorblind. So you see what I'm saying? There's so many variables involved in that. Mm-hmm. And there are so few incidents for the number of hunters that are in the woods. Yes. And I don't want to downplay that, that gentleman's death at all. Right. Like I would never do that, but there have been three deaths, three deaths in the last 30 years. And Look at the number of hunters that have seventy six thousand tags last year. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, just going back to that right. number. Yes. And that's just archery. Right. Who knows how many muzzle? I think I want to say it was like 7,500 muzzleers. Don't quote me. Um, so that's a lot of commingling. Mm-hmm. That's a lot that have gone on over the years. And it, these very unfortunate incidents, they do happen. But do we put all the vehicles in bubble wrap on the road? Right. Because automobile accidents happen on a daily, you know. So it, it, it's, it's just figuring out, okay, what's going to be not just a Band-Aid, but an actual solution, a viable solution moving forward. And I really feel like, to your point, orange versus no orange. We did that survey and we were pretty careful about, hey, if you want to wear orange wear and you're holding a bow, cool. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the same time, just like crossbows have their place, muzzleloaders have their place as well. I want to embrace them as hunters. They're sharing the mountain. You know, I shared a mountain with my mountain bikers and hikers and, yeah. you know, everybody. You know, it's public land, and it, it's important to me that we are all able to partake of that, whatever that means for you. Like, I, I don't care what weapon you're holding. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're telling me you're not trying to tell me that I can't hunt, we're, we're okay. fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. Uh, you know, the minute the, you know, you tell me that you're going to try to take my hunting away, the gloves yeah. are coming off. Yeah. We got a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. Like you said earlier though, it's, it's, it's not a hobby. It's, it's a way of life. It's our ad- identity. It is. Um, and I mean, there's, there's few things that I hold as important as I do, you know, as, as my time out on the mountain, um, I can go hike, and take pictures or take video just hiking around, but there's nothing like getting out and, and pursuing and placing myself in the circle of life. Um, successful and unsuccessful, yep. right? It, it, it makes us the the men, the women that we are, and it shapes us differently every year, right? And, and for, for me, it's always been an improvement in who I am and in my life. Mm-hmm. Year after year after year after year, mm-hmm. there's always growth coming off the mountain after season, man. Oh, yeah. You're a better you know, person every year. Every single year, you know? Yep. And then when you spend... Last year, I think I did 23 days straight on the mountain. Yeah. You come off of that, you are, you're different. Mm-hmm. You are different, man. So I, yeah. I just, I appreciate CBA in what they're doing and, and helping me to continue my pursuit of betterment for myself, right? And without CBA and without Sportsman's Alliance and without the Howells, um, Pope and Young, and, and well, I won't even go down that road. Um, Pope and Young's another great organization for archers. Oh, yeah. I think they've been viewed kind of the, the well, wrong Well, that's your way. national platform. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer you should be a member of your national. You should be a member of your state and a member of your local. Well, and, and, and if you're hunting that state, yep. be a member of that state as well. Absolutely. Right. You, you got it. We, we, I think we should start having that conversation a little bit louder. Yep. Uh, and shame on me for not thinking of that when I was a non-resident to Colorado. Shame on you for the same thing. Yep. You didn't even know there was freaking public land yeah. there, which is obvious <laughs> to me. Um, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I appreciate, you know, again, I appreciate what CBA is doing to keep this, to keep this going for us here and the opportunities that it's, that it's, you know, sustaining and providing and the foresight in get, trying to get ahead of these fights as, uh, you know, not as they come up, but out in front of them. Um, and, and being that, that barrier between passing things that are a detriment to us um, and, and full-on blocking them and knocking them down and making them rethink their strategy. 
Absolutely. Got them on their heels. Yep. And and this is, I think, in the last year or so, is really, at least in my hunting career, it's the first time I've ever seen these these other ABC organizations kind of on their heels. Yep. And it's been phenomenal, man. Um, so where can folks find CBA, learn a little bit more? Um, how do they go about a membership? What is that? What does that membership structure look like, et cetera? Yeah. So um, you can find us at coloradobowhunting.org. Um, you can get a membership there. Um, and then, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Colorado Bowhunters Association. Um, and then the membership structure, we might be changing pretty soon. Um, but currently you can get a family membership, uh, one year for 35, three years for 75. So oh, that's, I mean, that's yeah. pennies, 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 pennies. Um, that's a, that's a new dozen arrows, but it's well worth, you know, sacrificing that money to, uh, to support, you know, what, what's going on here in Colorado and the good work you guys are doing. Yeah. Cool, Cool, man. I appreciate the time, my brother. Appreciate it. I'm going to come over and sign up. I'm going to stop delaying. Sweet. Um, got some outlook on that. Like I said, that one piece was just like, damn, I hate lines in the sand, but yeah, yeah. Good deal, bro. Cool.